I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 29 and preview of round 30. This episode is brought to you by City of Hartford, providing modern MLS fans with a nostalgic taste of MLS 1.0. No, no, I mean, uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I'm joined tonight by my fantastic co-hosts, Michael Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and our special Patreon co-host guest tonight, Alex Bruni. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well, Reed. Hello, friends. Doing pretty good. Nice to hear. Now, just so everyone knows, uh, besides just being a, a special Patreon guest, Alex isn't actually one of our highest donors, but he is the highest ranking member of our Patreon group and actually the highest ranking um, supporter group. In, in a, your, Yours is the first name I recognize when I start going down the list of top players. So I think you're seventh overall right now, Alex. Is that right? Yeah, dropped to seventh from six this week, but uh, yeah, hanging in the top ten. He's right in there. He's right there, top ten, top ten players. So we'll get some uh, tidbits from Alex from how he did so well. A little bit later in the show, but we're happy to have him here right now. Let's talk about how our teams did this past week. Mike. Uh, yeah, mine did okay. Uh, I had 133 points. Um, I think my m- main reason I had any green arrows whatsoever was I didn't go super into Toronto defense. Uh, but that was pretty much it. Uh, David Villa and Vasquez, because uh, I, I missed the lineups on Wednesday, so I didn't I didn't see that Vasquez was out the first game. So um, you know those put up only two points each. Those were kind of the big disappointments. Um, but otherwise, kind of decent performances from everyone else. I did have Guzan and Gonzalez Perez uh, in the back, so that that helped out. Um, but yeah, kind of just an okay week, 133. Uh, I moved up to 128 overall. Um, not a whole lot of movement in most of my leagues. Really, the, the only big thing you know, I accomplished this week we'll talk about at the end of the show. Yeah, well, I got 134. Suck it, Mike. Um, oh, man. No, um, you got 134. <laughs> I'm so bad at this game. <laughs> Yeah, I got 134, uh, had Guzan, or uh, Brad Guzan and uh, LGP, and guys, I told you about Bono. He's only done one double game week. Should have listened to me. But I did uh, have Moro and Moore, which did, uh, you know, six and five respectively. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos and Giovanni Dos Santos let me down uh, again as Nico and... Giovinco have, and I will never put them in my team for the rest of the season. I was very close to swapping out Jonathan Dos Santos with Michael Bradley. I should have listened to my gut and done that. That would have helped me out. And uh, the kicker is I thought I had a switcheroo in place, but idiot me um, didn't. And 
Ricketts in all of his glory of 15 points on the bench. So, yeah. But I move, I lost two spots, a mixture of red and green arrows. And my team value went up to 116.3 million euros. I'm shocked Jason messed up a switcheroo. I thought about doing – actually, it's funny. I actually had a couple of people asking me about double switcheroos. <clears throat> Jason Hicks. <clears throat> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex, how'd you? Yep, so I might have uh, come in last in the group. I had uh, 130. That was a uh, round rank 1216. Team values 119.7. Wow. Uh, 119? Yeah, 119.7. Jeez. Uh, so I had more who only got five. Uh, Mavinga gave me a goose egg. Uh, six from Delgado and two from Via Hurt. But uh, Ed Guzan, LGP, Piatti. Uh, messed up a switcheroo between Ricketts and Valeri, so I got the 15 from Ricketts instead of uh, swapping Valeri for 16. But, uh, yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, lot of no movement. Uh, dropped to seventh overall. A uh, couple green arrows, a couple red. So I think that's uh, actually not the lowest score, my friend. Uh, I <laughs> have come in with the lowest score, and I also... Had a switcheroo flub that I'll, I'll talk about as well. I earned 112 points this round. Uh, all red arrows except for my head-to-head. So have a couple of head-to-heads there that, that actually that worked out for me. And some blue arrows in the head-to-heads there. I went from 77 to 106. So that was a pretty, pretty gut punch of a score. Um, my switcheroo mistake came in. I was focused too much on Toronto when their lineups came out, and I forgot to swap my uh, scrub LA player out of my lineup as uh, the placeholder for my team. So, of course, since they played earlier in the round, that did not work out at all, and uh, I did not get Montero on onto the field, who had a very nice 12 points that that would have been been nice still with that i would not have done uh well in all of my head-to-heads which we'll talk about later but i probably would have been in that close to that 130 range i think this was a round where a lot of people ended up like i did where you had a good score but not quite good enough i i think you've been around this range the last couple of weeks mike where it's like 112 yeah that's solid oh I needed about 130 to really be competing this round. It happens sometimes. Uh, still, it not not too bad. I have 118.6 is my team value, or 118.6 million is my team value. So um, I think you might have been the first one on the show, Alex, that's had a higher value than I have. That's that's a, you are seventh though, so I guess that's what I should expect. <laughs> I'm honored. Uh, uh, well, there, there you go. I thought I was doing pretty good. Uh, I thought 118.6 was pretty strong. Um, still, though, even with 118.6, I make trades, and I'm like, man, if I just had 0.3 more, that's <laughs> that's what I want. That's just a curse. But great scores from you guys. Happy to hear that you did well. If anyone listening was in that same range with us, 100 points this round, definitely where you needed to be to be in the the race. Uh, 174 was the highest score, though. So we did not break 200 with a pretty good double game week out here. Uh, other flubs that I had, of course, I had Via as well, and I had a couple of Toronto defenders, so that did not do well for me at all. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to break 200 points in this next round, but let's finish talking about what happened in round 29 with a quick review from the fantasy side. Not about this round, but something I definitely want to mention before moving on. Um, the Red Bulls lost the cup. 
Mm. Let that let Woo! that sink in. Tim, sorry. That's I'm sorry. Got my revenge Don't for my FC Cincinnati for team. Um, kind of surprised with this with some of the players who started, especially with goalkeeper. Um, and this is like the Red Bulls arrested for this, and they still lost. So definitely a disappointing loss for them. And uh, that's that's just the way it works out sometimes. Uh, couple that with coming back and having a 0-0 draw with Philadelphia, not necessarily the week that many wanted. I can hope that uh, people are expecting from them. I, so, I wanted it. Uh, well, I know. Not I mean, <laughs> fantasy-wise. Alex probably wanted it. Sure did. New York is blue. Woo! You guys are, you guys are just, just jealous. So sorry, Tim. Sorry, Red Bulls fans. They don't have any cups for me to be jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Sporting Kansas City fans. But now let's move on to something else. Uh, Mike, I know you've been waiting to mention this for so long, but uh, what time is it? It's time to get on the Patrick Mullins hype train. Woo-woo! There we go. There we go. Patrick Mullins, D.C. United, coming out of uh, nowhere, unless you're Mike, getting four goals there. I, I guess he had a, just a case of Martinez and decided, like, hey, I can do it. I can beat Atlanta. Uh, and, and they got four goals against the Earthquakes, which was an amazing score. Unfortunately, fantasy-wise, I'm still not thinking D.C. is – any kind of team you're going to want to have on your fantasy team. Uh, though, I think, Mike, you did tip one of their defenders last week. Yeah, I actually had a, a pare in um, a switcheroo, and I used him, got the, the clean sheet and the seven points, which was a pretty decent uh, result for me. Um, but, um, yeah, um, I, I thought it was a pretty good, obviously, I mean, for coming off the bench and score four goals in however many minutes that, that he did, uh, I think that was a pretty good um thing for him i mean the main thing is he has not been healthy all year and for him to get back healthy uh it won't make much of a difference this year but i think it'll be huge for dc next year so we also have some teams that seem to be fading over the past few games we've already talked about the new york red bulls uh maybe they're gonna come back a little bit later but they're right there on that bubble as well they've been losing some steam alex uh New York City. I know you guys like to just to, to rub that in about being blue, but what you got a one-one draw against Houston, which has a horrible away defensive record this week. Uh, is there any worry with uh, New York with Via back now? If it was a real home game, like uh, Michael tell you, I might be worried. But uh, <laughs> three hours away in Connecticut is not a home game. Um, also, anytime Pirlo starts, you can chalk it up to a draw at best, most likely a loss. So uh, once we can get him off the field and get Herrera back on, I think you'll see the uh, NYCFC of old with the uh, ring Herrera, Maxi Morales, uh, dynamite midfield. Yeah, and that's that's a concern for me. You know, it's uh, I saw a stat today. It's two point three points per game without Pirlo, one point oh seven with him. Um, and what really made me angry is that this is a game that Pirlo should not have started because we had warm bodies. You know, the past few weeks we've been kind of shorthanded, but this week we had ring back. I I don't understand why Pirlo gets playing time anymore. Um, I would rather start you know, scrubs or random fans off the bench than see Pirlo play a game. Um, he just, I mean, and you saw it again this week. Uh, you know, he sucks Maxi Morales backs because because people have to cover for him, and then um, he's too slow in transition, and Houston could have won that game 5-1. I mean, it was it was that bad. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, it's just a little bit of rotation going into a big week for New York City with big games against Eastern Conference opponents like Montreal and Chicago, which is going to determine seeding. 
So hopefully, you know, we won't see him again. All right, so there's our fantasy hot take about New York City. If Pirlo is playing and you have the chance to see that lineup, drop your New York players. Is that is that where you guys are at at this point? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. pretty much. Uh, and then, of course, we also have to mention teams kind of on the down. FC Dallas, they're still kind of in this race, but you have to wonder what's going to happen. They dropped 4-1 to one against Minnesota at home. Uh Horrible, horrible score. Any any thoughts from anybody here, Jason? I know that's out in your neck of the woods. Uh, the problems that continue to hit Dallas is is this just bad luck, or have they just lost it all? I really think that they're just. I mean, they don't look like a a team, a cohesive unit, and I don't know what that is or why. Is it the locker room? Because I know there have been those rumors of the transfers and not letting people go. Is is this all psychological in the locker room? If that happened could the team bounce back i i don't think so at this point i think it's a sinking ship um i also think that i mean you start maro diaz on the bench that doesn't make any sense you're switching formations up at the end of the season it just nothing is working for them and at the beginning of the year we all thought that dallas was this powerhouse that was going to dominate this year and they were going to be a real contender for Supporters Shield, for MLS Cup, possibly even to win the West. And right now, I mean, they're sitting in eighth place. And I I mean, they're only three points out of fifth place. And they have, you know, two games in hand um, for, from RSL. But I, I don't see Dallas putting it together. I really don't at all. And I'm okay with that. I hope that they <laughs> drop numerous games and um yeah i mean they you know they, they play against colorado which i would like a draw there and then um you know then they play uh at orlando and i hope orlando destroys them so uh i don't see any i don't i don't think they're gonna make the bubble okay yeah definitely rough times in dallas now I, I don't really want to say this team is fading, so we're going to have a subsection to this fading bit we're talking about and just call it because MLS. What happened to Toronto FC this weekend? I already mentioned how investing heavily in them hurt me. Uh, I know lots of us saw rotations. Jason tweeted out about Bono, talked about Zabaleta last round with, with some of these things. We knew that they weren't going to bring their A game at the beginning of the week against Montreal, but... Anyone, feel free to weigh in here, Mike, Jason, Alex. Is this just obviously Toronto resting for the Cup, or is this going to be performances, maybe not or, but or just do you think this kind of performance is what we're going to see from Toronto rotations for the rest of the regular season and to avoid them as a fantasy option? I think they're resting their best players. I think they're giving their young guys crucial minutes before playoff time. Um, I also think that, there was, you know, maybe a little bit of injury to Josie and uh, Gio and possibly, you know, Vasquez. But I, I really think it's kind of the um, the Popovich mentality of I'm going to give my starters rest. Um, I'm going to give my stars rest. And I think it was completely justified, especially seeing what happened to Miguel Almiron this weekend, that I think that uh, that the entire locker room of Toronto is looking at each other saying, I'm glad that we're, we're resting our stars because 
people are going to get injured, especially this late in the season when you have all these double game weeks. MLS schedule is brutal. It's a lot of travel, a lot of artificial surfaces. Uh, I think that they're doing the right thing. And I really do think that since they've already locked up, you know, the number one seed in the, in the East, possibly supporter shield number one. In, yeah. I said number one in the East. So yeah, they're, I think they're just going to rest and uh, give their young guys minutes, give Irwin some more minutes. Alex, your top 10 player is this a Toronto team that you're interested in bringing in players in for these last four rounds? I think they're resting. No need for them to take any chances. Um, especially, I mean, I think they have supporter shield pretty much locked up. So I think you'll see a, a decent amount of rotation, at least maybe until we get past the international break. Uh, then they'll probably you know play their starters for the last two or three weeks. But um, kind of avoiding Toronto if I can. Uh, I mean, especially this week on a when they're on a single. But um, yeah, not super interested in Toronto for the rest of the year if I don't have to be. And Mike, if you have anything to say, go ahead. If not, we'll move on. Yeah, if Toronto is going to rest at a home game against their rivals in Montreal, they're they're going to rest against anyone. Um, so yeah, I would expect a lot more rotation, uh, like Jason said, in the coming weeks because they're you know they're focused on the cup right now. And of course, the last bit that we'll talk about, opposite of team fading, teams rising. Jason RSL continues to do well. Uh, good things from your boys there. I'm going to throw a glimmer of hope for Montreal against Toronto, but they dropped it against Atlanta. And then of course we I think we have to mention some good things going on for Columbus as well. Um, anything else you guys want to add about teams on the rise from a fantasy point of view that may be worth keeping an eye on? And for you specifically, Jason, Reddit wants to know, will RSL make the playoffs? Absolutely. I said I said it, I want to say we're halfway in the season, around the All-Star break, uh, right when Petke came in and we signed Silva uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I said I think Arsa will be a five or six seed. I think it was more realistic to say a six seed, but the way that they're playing, I mean, they could possibly – let me see, can they be a four seed? Yeah, they're only three points behind Seattle, and Seattle has a game in hand. But I think that if RSL, you know, can manage six to nine points in their last uh, – how many games? There's 34 games, so in their last three games. Three left. Yeah, in their last three games, I think that um, – I think they'll be good. I think if they can win two and draw one or, you know, something along those lines, I really think that we'll be good to go. Uh, and, I mean, honestly, I, I think that RSL is probably one of, if not the hottest team right now and the most cohesive team, and I personally love it. And, Trey, for the love of God, follow me on Twitter. Man. He may not listen to this podcast, Jason. He so. doesn't, but – if. And know. maybe not following you on Twitter is why they've gotten to the playoffs so many times. Oh, ooh, don't <laughs> jinx it. Stop washing your socks and don't follow Jay on Twitter. That's, that's RSL follows me, me on I, Twitter, Jay. I thought, we, I thought we liked to say at me, bro. So at me and follow me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, this question for you. We've hit teams fading. We've hit teams rising. Uh, I feel like Atlanta falls in, in the middle there. They've had a great four-run stretch. Is this uh, a sign of things to come, or has it just been a theoric victory? Uh, I think it's been the latter. Uh, <clears throat> their refusal to rotate has been mind-boggling, especially since they had a few games in there where they got early red cards and early multi-goal leads, and yet you continue to see Martinez and Almiron on the field. 
And I remember especially that first game against New England when they subbed out Garza, who ended up having an injury. And then uh, was it like Rentowitz and, and someone else who were just like, what is Martino thinking? Well, apparently what he was thinking is he's going to run his players into the ground. And sure enough, Almoron pops up on my injury report. Um, I, I think that's a player they can't afford to lose going into this stretch. Uh, you know, they were really looking at an opportunity to, to catch New York City with the way um, they've stumbled without Herrera and Ring. Um, and, and they kind of blew it. So uh, I'm kind of worried about them this week. Uh, I don't know if maybe now all of a sudden Martina is going to be like, oh, hey, you know what? I need to actually rotate my guys. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I think I think they put too much into it. Um, you know, I, I think they had a, so many opportunities to rotate without dropping points, and, and now I think they're going to pay the piper for just racking up those big goal leads without the rotation. And the final question I have before I open this up to you guys for anything else you want to mention comes from Reddit. Which teams that are pushing for the playoff spots or trying to hold on to their playoff spots might be good fantasy pickups um, since they may have little rotation and really have to push for those spots. For me, uh, I'm going to say Houston and San Jose are, are two teams that you're going to want to keep an eye on Excuse me, uh, out there in the West. And Dallas is one you're probably going to look on that's not going to really be pushing or really have the ability to push too hard. And over there in the East, um, I think it's really just down to Montreal and the New York Red Bulls for who's going to get that last spot because uh, I don't think New England's going to be able to get it together. Those are ones that I'm looking at. Do you guys agree? Is there anybody else you want to throw in? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think so much San Jose just because I don't think that they really – I mean, they're kind of lackluster – um, but I do, I do think that you have to have uh, Albert Rusnak for home games from RSL. He's just probably one of the best home fantasy players in the game. The thing with San Jose is um, Houston's got a game in hand on them. So San Jose has to make the most of their last games to really give themselves some protection because they're both on 39 points with Houston. Uh, Dallas is on 38, so maybe if San Jose and Houston just collapse, they could sneak in there, but they would really have to turn their season around at the very end to get something because they're they're still struggling. But they're at 38, so maybe they have that chance. Uh, back in the east, New York has 42. They're in the sixth spot right now. Montreal has 39. So if the Red Bulls continue to have some of these struggles or end up with these one one zero zero results and Montreal can find some of that creative spark again to get some of those three-point victories, they may be able to edge them out. And I know, Alex and Mike, that just has to be a very appealing thing to you. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. It's, it's Montreal and New Jersey for that last spot in the East. And then I probably got RSL, San Jose, Houston, and Dallas, uh, four teams for two spots. So um, any of those will be fighting uh, hard for the last four or five games. And there's some great fantasy options for all those. So that's some notable takeaways I've, I've gotten from this past round. Anything else that you guys want to mention before we move on to our housekeeping? All right. Well, uh, it was a great round. Look forward to all the excitement that is inevitably to come with the Devil Game Week for round 30. Now, housekeeping, as I mentioned, round 30 is a Double Game Week. So that means, once again, say it with me. The games start on a Wednesday. That is the games start on a Wednesday. You really oh. got to work on your timing, man. <laughs> that is a that is Wednesday, September twenty seventh at seven o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Mike, did you get your times right this time? 
I did. I double and triple checked it. Good job. Seven o'clock on the 27th, Atlanta versus Philly. You can check that out for the beginning of this round. Have all of your teams set, your transfers made, your captains picked, because uh, it's going to be great. There are only six teams on a single game week this week, and that means it's easier to tell you who is not playing a double game. Minnesota, Portland, Real Salt Lake, Columbus, Toronto, and Sporting Kansas City. So those are the guys you're going to look at. If you want one of those players from one of those teams, if you want one of the players from those teams, there we go, then you are going to be thinking that there's going to be rotation or it's just a bad double game for those other teams. So make that a, a critical part of your thinking. The double home teams, Houston, Orlando, San Jose, that's going to be important with that Houston and San Jose battle. Double away teams, D.C., New York City FC, and Vancouver. So lots of interesting options, I think, right there. Patreon, guys, thank you so much for the donations that you've done. I'm very happy that we're going to be able to start sending scarves out as soon as the seasons start to wrap up, as soon as the head-to-heads start to wrap up. I think you're all going to be very excited. If you have not seen the scarves already, uh, I have not posted yet on Patreon. I just realized that. That is such... Such a party foul, such, such a Patreon foul. Sorry about that. I'll get that posted. It's on the Twitter account, so head over to the MLS Fantasy Insider Twitter account and check that out. Uh, we also have Alex here, who is a supporter for us through Patreon. So, Alex, why don't you right now let us know a little bit about why you've chosen to support our show on Patreon and some tips that you can give to people that have helped you achieve a top 10 rank so far this year. Yes, yeah, so I'm currently drinking out of my uh, MLS FI pint glass. It's great, so donate and get one of those. That's it. That's, the, that's <laughs> how you do it. Um, so, yeah, last year was my first year playing uh, Fantasy MLS. Um, needed some help. Just you know, I knew the league from following for a couple of years, but knowing the teams and knowing who's good in fantasy aren't always the same thing. So I uh, started listening to this podcast, and uh, I came second overall last year. Um, nice. Yeah, mostly just from listening to this. So I want to give back for all the, the help you guys have given me last year with some of my uh, some of my prize money. So I started donating to this. I love you. <laughs> That's because you have to. <laughs> True. True. Contractually obligated. So what are some of the tips besides just listening to the show that you have found particularly valuable to help you with making player choices to hit in that top 10 rank? Um, so listening to the show, obviously, uh, the Reddit subreddit at r slash fantasy MLS, um, some good stuff going on in there and, uh, MLS fantasy boss, the, uh, expected goals article. I like that one a lot. And, um, yeah, just looking around the internet for player picks. Um, always some good articles, um, the podcast and the Reddit. So do you try to find a consensus with all those articles before you make your picks or do you just look for... Uh, the hottest takes, or or do you just look at the stats? I'm more of a stats person, um, okay. but I mean, last year and this year are totally different. Um, this year, I think what's been really helpful is almost exclusively picking players in home games. I could probably count on uh, on two hands the number of road players I've taken through uh, 29 weeks already. Um, I think that's been really helpful. And then, uh, yeah, last year was you know this podcast was a lot more helpful in just planning out long-term double game weeks, buys, um, who's on a good run of form, who's got a bunch of home matches. That was really helpful last year. Well, great. So, I mean, right there, people, everyone listening, it's it's some of the, the back to the basics. 
home games. We know that that's where players do well. And you're looking at the consensus sometimes is paying off. Sometimes going to the peanut gallery can maybe help. There's some captain's picks every now and then. But doing your homework, going to lots of places, it's a great way to find tips to help you finish in the top 10 like Alex. And, of course, one of the most helpful parts of our show that help people finish in the high rankings is Mike's injury report. Mike. All right. Well, the first one, uh, like I mentioned earlier, is Almiron. He is out three weeks at least with a left hamstring injury. That puts him back, um, not coming back until the last week of the season. Um, so chances are he has made your last appearance. He's his last appearance on your fantasy team, uh, unless we see you know something great before the end of the week. Uh, news is better for Matt Beasler. He passed the concussion protocol after leaving uh, the match against LA LA early, so he should be available this week. Uh, Greg Garza is questionable for Atlanta, but he did train this week, so we'll see if we get um, more clarity on that uh, going going uh, forward. Uh, Nagby left. Uh, Portland's match early. Uh, I'm not quite sure what his injury is, so stay tuned on that. A uh, pair of red cards for Orlando. PC and Spectre both got red, so they will be unavailable. The Lions, uh, Akindeli for Dallas also received a red card. Um, for New York City, Chanel and Herrera, they are going to be out for the rest of the, the week. They're not going to be available until after the international break. So uh, bad news for my beloved Pigeons. Uh, Boniek Garcia, he was injured in the match against those Pigeons. Uh, not sure what his injury is, but uh, keep a close tabs on that. For FC Dallas, Kellen Acosta, he missed this weekend's match with a groan injury. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the timetable is on uh, him, but clearly you know, they, they're going to need him if they're going to make a playoff push. Uh, for Sporting Kansas City, uh, Rubio had left the Open Cup limping, but he didn't play uh, this weekend, so I'm assuming he's okay, but kind of watch that in case uh, there's some lingering effects. Uh, Gerso, I don't believe he played, and he left the Open Cup match with a dislocated shoulder. And then Latif Blessing, after scoring the goal, um, he ended up with a possible head injury. Uh, I have not seen a timetable for him. So those are all the injuries that I have, um, like I usually say every double game week. Um, watch for my yellow card warning tweets whenever MLS updates the discipline summary page. Um, and that usually happens either late Tuesday or early Wednesday morning. So kind of keep an eye on that if you're concerned about yellow card accumulation. Thank you so much for that information, Mike. And, of course, one last question I'll have. Since you did mention the international dates, any worry for anybody due to that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, especially with the, you know, it was like Jovan Jones leaves early. Uh, the international break doesn't start until after Sunday. So I, I think we should be good. Um, I haven't seen even any. I think there may be – well, maybe there's a few national teams that have announced early, but most of the national teams haven't even announced their rosters yet. So especially with the playoffs uh, in full swing, I would expect um, everyone to be available for the entirety of this week. All right. Well, thank you so much for that, Mike, and I hope everyone listening found that very helpful, especially for some of those Atlanta players, which brings us right to the round 30 preview. Because of the number of games, we're doing this team – by team this week we're starting out with the double game week teams and then we'll wrap up with the single game week teams just in case there may be someone there you're interested in maybe not but mike or sorry not mike alex kick us off with atlanta they're, they're hosting philadelphia then they're traveling to new england this week and uh 
People from Reddit also want you to be sure to point out the best bet on Atlanta players to pick that will help them avoid rotation risks. Yeah, so um, I think we definitely have to look out for rotation with that bad turf in New England. Um, I think this will be their seventh game in four weeks all on turf. So um, definitely could see some rotation for New England, especially if they beat Philly. Um, that will secure them pretty well into at least the top four and getting a home game in the playoffs. Um, I think Guzan's safe for not being rotated, um, especially with Can injured. Um, he's got a clean sheet in four out of five, um, and he's usually solid for a couple bonus points. So I think he's a pretty solid keeper pick. Uh, LGP, uh, another good pick. Uh, he missed that game a couple weeks ago with yellow card accumulation, so I think he's probably safe to go 180. Um, I think Assad with um, Almiron out is probably safe to play and maybe will be a little more attacking. So I think uh, I think he's another good shout. Um, I also have Martinez in my squad. I mean, he's obviously on fire. So, um, you know, maybe more of a rotation risk than others. But uh, like Mike said earlier, Atlanta's not really rotating. So, yeah, until we see that rotation, uh, I'm going to stick with him. And then um, Villalba's also a, a good choice. Um, I prefer Martinez, but uh, Villalba's one of those players that I always get wrong, so uh, you may just want to start him anyway. So is he your David Villa? He is my David Villa. It's okay. Um, but, but yeah, my player picks from the game, um, right now on my team, I have uh, LGP, Assad, and Martinez. All right. Now, Mike, tell us about Chicago at San Jose, then they're ho hosting New York City. Yeah, um, I mean, this is a team that, you know, all year, even when they were really hot, has struggled on the road. And now, um, with kind of the injuries, you know, Schweinsteiger is still out. I haven't heard an update on him. Um, is is still generally unimpressive. I mean, they just lost to a Philly team, uh, and that's not, that's not a good result at all. Um, I mean, Vincent coming back, I think, does help them. Um, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of great fantasy options here. Uh, Nikolic has kind of cooled off. Uh, he did get six points last week, but I, I just don't know that you can trust him uh, enough this week, especially with a cross-country trip. And, and to be honest, even though they are fighting for a seed, I, I think they've pro they're probably going to be more likely to rest against San Jose considering it's a big cross-country trip and try to save up against New York City to see if they can't catch the Pigeons for that um, second spot. So I don't love really anyone from uh, Chicago. If you wanted anyone, I would go with um, Vincent Armira in defense. Um, even McCarty hasn't been as consistent as he was earlier in the year. So for the most part, I, I would pass on Chicago unless you wanted to go like a differential with Nikolic or something, if, if you have like a really good feeling about them. Okay. And Jason, Colorado, they are at FC Dallas, and then they are hosting Montreal. Uh, Ooh, a double yawn? Did you just give it our first double yawn? Yes. Um, well, Colorado... Like you mentioned before, uh, they're playing at FC Dallas. I think that game is going to be either 1-1 or 1-0. Um, and I really don't know who's going to win that game, but I really think it's going to be a boring game. And uh, versus Montreal in Colorado, I think Montreal is going to come out swinging because they do have something to prove, and they have a lot more attacking power than Colorado do. 
So I think that's going to be a three to one loss. And the players that I'm pick uh, that I would pick for Colorado would be um, Dominic Badgey. He is a forward at six point three, but he scored three straight games with three straight goals. And for a six point three four, that's a pretty good option. Everyone did you know the same thing with Ricketts last week, uh, hoping that he would you know come out and do something. But I think that um, if you're looking for a budget option as forward uh, at forward. I think Dominic Baggi would be good. And then if you do want somebody from the defensive side, which I wouldn't recommend touching, you have Miller at 3.7 mil. So if you're looking for just a cheap starter, I would uh, go with Miller. So would you call Baggi a switcheroo option? Absolutely. I think Baggi is the ideal switcheroo option this week. Ah, there we go. Mike, let's talk about your second team, DC United. They oh, are at New York Red Bulls <laughs> and then also at Columbus. Yeah, um, Patrick Mullins aside, this is still a bad team. Um, DC's had some more success on the road. But, I mean, Patrick Mullins came off the bench, so you can't even really depend on him to, to get enough playing time. I, I think this is a rough week for DC United. Uh, th these are both pretty good offensive teams. So I, I would expect um, them to be scored on rather than them to score. If if you wanted to go differential, uh, Opare has had uh, a number of good weeks, so I think he, he's a, a good option to look at. Obviously, Patrick Mullen just scored four goals, so if you think he's going to go on a tear, he's 8.2, so he could be a differential at forward. And then uh, Ariola, 8.9. He's had a lot more success um, than you would think, but he's been a little bit inconsistent, so I, I wouldn't trust him. So, long story short, there are differentials here, but none of them that I would recommend. Okay. Mike, why don't you keep us going with FC Dallas, who is hosting Colorado, and then at Orlando. Yeah, I looked for a long time because of those uh, fixtures to see if I could find um, any Dallas players I really wanted, and honestly, I, I didn't. Um, you know, they started the year so strong on defense, but since then – uh, they just haven't put it together. But uh, I think if you wanted to go Dallas, um, that might be where I would go. Gonzalez is only uh, 4.6 in goal, so he can free up a lot of fun funds up front. Um, and then in midfield, Barrios has been very consistent. He's probably like a 4-5 to five average player. So you can at least hope to get a 10-point <clears throat> round out of him. So I, I think, you know, 8.7, he, he's a good budget option there. Um, I don't trust even Akindeli's out, so Rudy's an option up front, but they, they just haven't been consistent enough with so many other teams to pick with. Um, you know, if this was like a four teams at a double game week, maybe I could recommend more Dallas players, but but otherwise, uh, I mean, they're just on such a skid, and their scores both in real life and in fantasy have just been so bad. You'd really just be taking a flyer on the teams they're playing being so much worse. But I mean, we, we just saw them lose to Minnesota, so them playing a bad team hasn't been a guarantee of a good result for Dallas. So uh, I mean, this is probably like one nothing wins at the best case for Dallas. So I, I would pass for fantasy. All right, Jay, New England. I was hard on them a little bit earlier. They've got a new coach at Orlando and then hosting Atlanta. What do you think? Yeah, so I think that New England take care of Orlando in Orlando two to one and then they're playing at home versus an Atlanta team that has had three back to back to back double game weeks and this is their first away game in five matches so I actually think that Atlanta lose to New England 
to nil in New England. Uh, New England are, I believe they are on the bubble as well. And um, I'm only, yeah, they're, they're in eighth place right now with 38 points and the Red Bulls have 42 points. So they're, I mean, they're within striking distance. They're a very inconsistent team, but I, I like how they're away to a team that lets in a lot of goals and doesn't really score that many in Orlando. And then, like I said before, they're playing at home against that Atlanta team who has pretty much been run into the ground. Also missing Almiron, and you don't know what other injuries could pop up or how many players could be really tired. So I really like their odds. I have Cropper, which I think should be in everybody's lineup, being a 4.0 keeper and playing a double game week. I really like uh, Dalamea in defense and Dilma in defense as well with Lee Wynn as the maestro. I do also really like Kai Kamara in this uh, in this double game week, so I may switch out uh, Dilna for Kamara, but I think that if you can figure out which, you know, four out of the five of those options would be good to go, I think uh, you'll uh, reap the benefits of that this week. And let's not forget about the red cards that Orlando's going to have on that game. Yes, yeah. And plus, yeah, I mean, they're missing what PC and who else, Mike? Was it Suter? Specter. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Kai Kamara. Definitely. Okay. Don't worry, Alex. We're going to get you some time to talk soon. But Mike, <laughs> tell us about Houston. Uh, and we have a Reddit question from here. How much is it worth favoring a double home games over double with away splits? Well, I mean, this year it showed, and particularly for Houston, such a huge gap between home and away that I think you have to look at at the home teams first. I mean, we had a double game week, was, was it about a month ago, where D.C. had two home games. We're like, no, D.C. is terrible, and they ended up getting like two clean sheets, including one against Atlanta, and it was like, Dream Team had all these D.C. players. They're like, oh, well, I guess we're stupid. Um, and, and Houston's... Um, Houston's had the, the problem with Houston is that for a fantasy perspective, they're a very frustrating team because they rotate a lot. Um, Kyoto is a great player for him, but you can never tell if he's going to start, if he's going to be a sub, if he's only going to be starting but get 60 minutes because he gets subbed out. Um, if, uh, Matt, Matt Doyle made the point today if Martino's problem has been not enough rotation, um, Cabrera's problem has been too much rotation. Um, you're never really sure who Houston is going to play. Um, that said, I, I think you can ask for a better better schedule than what Houston has this week. Uh, home against the LA Galaxy, uh, that's a team that just seems to be quitting. Uh, and then you have the Minnesota United who um, are on a little bit of an upswing since they got Finley. Um, but still you have to think that Houston at home can, can score against Minnesota. So I think that... Um, We've got, you know, Cubo Torres. Uh, he rested against the game for New York City. So I, I think he's more likely than some of the other choices to play. Uh, Alex, even since Martinez has come on, has been a pretty consistent presence for them. Um, like I said, not perfect. You know, sometimes he's getting subbed off. Um, but I, I think he's an option to look at if you're thinking, you know, he's going to get uh, the, the playing time and, and get a part of uh, a goal bonanza, which I think is really possible. Um, in for for the defense, uh, Machado uh, is a good cheap option, 
And then Tyler Derrick, I, I think, also provides some value if you think the home sheets will result in um, clean sheets. So I think there, there are a lot of good options, but there are a lot of frustrating options for Houston, too. And unfortunately, we don't get to see Houston's lineup, so this will be a tricky one. Okay, Jay, Montreal, uh, hosting New York City, and then at Colorado. So with Montreal, like I mentioned before, they are also, well, we mentioned before, they're also on the bubble. Uh, They're in seventh place right now with 39 points, and they're chasing the Red Bulls for that elusive sixth spot. Um, Montreal did have a, uh, a double game week this last week as well. But I think that being at home versus New York City FC, I think both teams are going to be putting out their, their A team and going, going at it. But being at home and seeing how ineffective Ring and David Villa were this last week, I, I have confidence in, in, uh, in Montreal's offensive and defensive capabilities. So I think that – they uh the the impact beat New York City two to one, and then I like I mentioned before I think they go on the road at Colorado, and blow them out of the water three to one, and the uh, the the three players that I like from this is Piotti, uh, uh, Jamali, and then either Simon or Cabrera. Now Cabrera is an interesting option because he is I believe he's five point one. And he is listed as a defender, but he has actually been playing more of a holding mid role, sometimes a a center back. So um, he's going to be getting a lot of clearances, a lot of blocks, but he's been, you know, consistent across the board with, um, in the past five games, he's had six, six, two, five, five. And at 5.1 in a double game week, that's a pretty good value. So I really like him moving forward. Alex, tell us about Los Angeles. Um, thank you for serenading us with the beautiful sounds of New York City. But um, L.A., what's up with them? At Houston and then hosting RSL. Yeah, New York is loud. Uh, sorry for that, guys. But uh, <laughs> at least there were no ambulances or uh, police cars or anything like that. Um, for L.A., um, I wouldn't say like the matchups are good or bad either way at Houston Probably not a great matchup, but LA's actually better on the road. And the RSL is playing well, so and LA's pretty terrible at home. So uh, I don't know if the matchups are good or bad. Um, you know, I really don't trust LA. I think they've won one game in the league in the last three months. So how much can you really trust them? I think uh, you've got uh, both Dos Santos, so that's uh, Cuatro Santos, and I want none of them. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I like Alessandrini. Um, at least, you know, he's on my team right now, um, may move him off, but, um, you know, he hasn't really gotten super consistent minutes the last six or eight weeks, uh, but he's pretty much the only one I'd consider in this game. Fair enough. Well, Alex, you're in New York. So tell us about New York at Montreal at Chicago. That's a double away. So are they off your radar? Uh, not Totally off my radar, but um, definitely a little biased as an NYCFC uh, season ticket holder. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think uh, some people might want to start Ben Sweat because, um, you know, he's only $5 million. He's been playing pretty well. Just watch out since uh, Matarita's back for NYC. So uh, he may be rotated out for one of these games. 
Um, but I do think Callens is a, a, a solid choice. I mean, he's got that 8.4 for, for, you know, double game week. He's going to get at least four points in most games. Uh, Villa did look like he was struggling with that injury a little bit. So definitely watch out for that. Um, he's the number one person I'm considering, um, but he's not in my squad right now. Um, you know, Max Morales is good, but, you know, he's always much better at home. So don't know if he's too great a pick. Um, and like, like I said earlier, I'm big on the home game, so I won't really have any NYC players unless maybe I sneak me into my team. Okay. Fair enough. Staying in New York, Jason, tell us about the Red Bulls. Or moving to New Jersey. Mean, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so, sorry, present company. I need to clarify that. Yeah, I mean, let's just call them the U.S. Open Cup runner-ups. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Jason, they're hosting DC and then at Toronto. So, so I think that as well as uh, New York being in six uh, six right now, I think that New York is obviously going to put out uh, their A game, uh, or excuse me, their A lineup. And losing to a sport in Kansas City, I think that they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. So I think that they're going to come out firing. And they're going to be D.C. at home, 2-1. to one. And then they're going to go on the road at Toronto. And I think they're going to draw 1-1 one, one, uh, with Toronto's you know, B-slash-C lineup. The only player – well, the two players that I like from this are obviously Stash and uh, BWP. I give BWP the edge just because Question uh, hasn't really done much, and now that Verone has been taking PKs, you really lose a lot of appeal to uh, to Question. And being eleven point six, he really hasn't given uh, the points per game and in, in value since losing PKs. So uh, if you'd like somebody else in midfield, I, I, I see that um, Felipe is also an interesting option at nine point one. But uh, right now, I currently just have uh, BWP um, in the lineup. Uh, he's done pretty well. He's uh, scored a uh, two goals in the last three games. Uh, well, two goals in the last four games with an assist as well. So um, I think that he uh, he's primed to go for this double game week. He also did rest uh, not last week, but the week before. He only played 24 minutes against Philly. So. I think they were saving him for uh, for this, and I do expect New York to push hard uh, to maintain that sixth spot. Now, we made peace with our Vancouver fans, so remember, if anybody has any problems, it's at Mike that, that Tiger. And if you're from New York Red Bulls team, then that's who you talk to. <laughs> and I hope you do, because that would really amuse me. Alex, Orlando, they are hosting New England, then hosting Dallas. Yeah, so I think Orlando is actually the most interesting team uh, this double game week. They have a double home game, and they're also a great switcheroo team since they play the early game on Saturday. So you could see, you know, both games worth before getting in um, some single week options for maybe like Columbus, SKC, RSL, Portland. So that's, you know, currently the switcher that I have um, with Dwyer. But at the same time, they're coached by Jason Christ, who is allergic to defense. I think they're uh, 11 straight without a clean sheet and uh, 14 out of 15. So I don't trust any of their defenders or their keeper to keep a clean sheet. Uh, that being said, though, I do like Yotun, um, not for his clean sheet potential, which is super unlikely with Jason Price, um, but I do like his chance for goals. Um, he had 
four attacking bonus points in a three nothing loss with uh, a couple red cards to Portland uh, over the weekend. So he's definitely got some good bonus point potential, and you know, maybe Orlando backs into a clean sheet. Um, don't like any of their under defenders or midfielders, um, but I think Dwyer and Laren are both solid choices. Uh, I like Dwyer better just because he provides at least a couple bonus points. Uh, Laren almost never gets any. Um, so right now I have Yotun and I have Dwyer in a switcheroo. And for those of you who don't know that name, he is an 8.1 defender. So not a name that we've mentioned a whole lot throughout this season. And uh, that's for good reason, because he has only been around since uh, what, seven rounds or so. So that's that's who that is. If you're like, who, who did he just say? Yotun. Jason, a team more familiar, Philadelphia at Atlanta and then hosting Seattle. So Philly, uh, Philly's interesting. They're, they're in ninth place with 36 points, so they're realistically in the hunt. But I don't really see them doing much this, uh, this game week, or this double game week. They're on the road at Atlanta, and as we all know, Atlanta has they're undefeated in the, in the Mercedes-Benz Dome Arena of amazingness because that's pretty much what it is. And uh, that? That, that's exactly the name. If you look at the fine print, it's right on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's 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 science. Um, but no, they're uh, they're is that they're away behind the home of the twenty-five point lead blown Falcons. Like, where is that in the actual name of the stadium? That was at another stadium that's gonna about to be demolished. Like, <laughs> s- s- stop hating because your stadium isn't even in New York. They have Chick Fil A, and it's amazing. Continue, Jason. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I think uh, Atlanta get it done uh, two to one in Atlanta and then Philadelphia play at home against Seattle. I actually see this being a two nil to two one, but the only player that uh, for Philadelphia, the only player that I would even consider would be CJ Sapong. And for 8.3, he has 171 points and he's, he's been, I mean, he's the fourth highest scoring uh, forward and at 8.3 it's actually the best value right now and he's been in extremely good form he uh, he's had two goals in his last three games but scoring a seven of four and an eight so he's done pretty well and um, I I, don't know, I think that if you uh, if you want to take a, a flyer this week I think that um, CJ Sapong is your man Mike, San Jose, who are hosting Chicago and then hosting Portland. Yeah, one of the few teams that actually have an East-West matchup and then two home games. So this is another team uh, I spent a lot of time uh, looking at. Um, You know, they have had some drop-offs. You know, Godoy, we kind of have pegged earlier in the year as a really consistent player. Um, you know, almost a guarantee to get you double-digit points in a, in a GDW. He hasn't been that way for a while. Uh, he, he only subbed in. He's kind of had some injury issues and, and kind of fallen off um, from his consistency. Um, so, you know, that, that's been disappointing to kind of look at. They, they've had some interesting players with Yule and, and Thompson. Uh, the problem is uh, consistency, consistency in minutes uh, as their new coach tries to kind of feel out um, as far as dependable people, um, you, you know Chris Wondolowski is going to start. Uh, 
Uh, I, I don't know if I can recommend him because he he's kind of streaky as well. Um, you know, TK probably wants to have him on his team and has him captain, but I don't know if I would recommend them. Um, I, I think your your better bets are in defense. Uh, Youngworth, even though he's not as big of a bonus point producing machine as he was in the beginning of the year, he's still pretty consistent. Um, he can probably get you a double digit uh, double game week, uh, no problem. Even if they don't get a clean sheet, and then uh, Tarbell um, four point one. He's had some issues, but it seems like he's definitely won the job from Bingham. Um, in fact, I think Bingham has a back injury, so you know it's it's going to be Tarbell, and at four point one frees up money. Uh, going forward, and you know, you have worse bets than uh, you know taking a double game week keeper at home twice. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, San Jose's—they are who they've been all year. Uh, really consistent offensively, um, but I mean, we talked earlier; their team is going to be going for it. So, I, I think, you know, unfortunately, a lot of players we've talked about in the past, like Lehman Godoy, they're not consistent for me to recommend this week. But I think with Youngworth and Tarbell, there are some values. Okay, Jason, Seattle, hosting Vancouver, then at Philly. Well, considering the smackdown beatdown that RSL just laid on Seattle, um, I don't like Seattle uh, this game week at all, actually. They are at home against Vancouver. And to my Vancouver super friends, I shouted you guys out last week. Um Number one in the West, still killing it, uh, doing great. I still think that um, Vancouver travels to Seattle and takes care of business. I think that Vancouver wins 2-1 to deflate Seattle a little bit more than they did last week. And then Seattle have to travel cross-country to Philly. And as I mentioned in the previous pick, I think Philly uh, take care of business at home. I think that's also a 2-1 match. And the only player that I would actually take from this game is uh, Christian Roldan because he is extremely consistent. And uh, I think he scored 5-5-5 in the last three games. And at 8 mil with the double game week, uh, you know, that's figuring that's 10 points right there. Uh, for an 8-0 you know, switcheroo, you can maybe you know, try to switch him with a single game week option or something like that, but there's always the threat of Roldan scoring a goal, you know, the odd assist here and there. So uh, that would be my only recommendation. And Alex, wrap us up with our double game week teams with Vancouver at Seattle then at Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, so Vancouver's got the uh, double road game, kind of like I had with NYC. I'm not super high on road teams, so I don't have anyone from Vancouver on my lineup right now. Um, I think there's probably better defensive options. Um, but Vancouver does have two really informed players, uh, Reyna and Montero. Um, but you have to remember they've had six of their last seven at home, so that definitely helps. Um, they haven't been as good on the road. They haven't been bad, but um, that's definitely helped them, you know, put up those big scores. Um, but, yeah, Reyna's got three goals, three assists in the last four. Um, and also just note Montero was rotated last double game week, um, but that could have been because of the travel. They were going uh, all the way to Orlando. Um, but these guys could be a good switcheroo option if you wanted to um, maybe use one with Dwyer and Laren. You could put in Reyna and see how they do after that first game, do an early switcheroo. Um, but, you know, they're in good form, so I, I wouldn't blame anyone for picking them. Nice. 
Okay, that wraps up the double game week teams. Now let's hit the single game week teams before our player picks. Mike, Portland at San Jose. Well, uh, Portland's had a bunch of injuries to most of their fantasy players, but the one who's not hurt is Diego Valeri. Uh, he's pushed himself into the MVP conversation, uh, in part because David V has been hurt and people are forgetting about what he's done. But, I mean, you know, you scored nine goals or goals in nine games in a row, people are going to talk about you. Um, so, uh, you know, so if you're looking for a single-game week option, he is expensive. Uh, you know, the matchup isn't really, you know, the, the greatest of matchups at San Jose, you know, on the road. But, you know, if you're looking for a switcheroo and you're willing to put that much money into a midfielder 12.1, yeah, I mean, I, I can't fault you for, for doing that. I mean, Diego Valeri and the, the form he's in, um, and, and San Jose has had some problems defensively with the new, new coach. Uh, I, I think it's definitely something to look at this week. Alex, Sporting KC. Yeah, so they're home for Vancouver. They're not playing midweek. Vancouver is, and they have to fly uh, from Vancouver to Kansas City. I think they could be a good switcheroo option. Um, Opar and Beesler are solid in, yeah, in D. They get some good bonus points. You could switcheroo them with uh, maybe someone from Orlando, and uh, you'll be able to see both Orlando games there. Um, or you could do it with Rubio, who has, uh, I think, 11 and 13 in his last two games. Could be a cheap switcheroo with Dwyer or Laren. Jason, Real Salt Lake at LA Galaxy. Real Salt Lake go on the road to LA and handle it 2-1, but I'm not going to take anybody from this game just because there's way too many double game week options, and um, RSL's road stats are a little bit poorer than their home stats, but we all know that LA is just in shambles right now, so uh, it's it's pretty easy to bet against uh, you know a galaxy team that's you know, right above Colorado with uh, with 27 points and only seven wins on the year. So yeah, I think RSL handle it. But again, I don't even think you take uh, Rusnak or Plata just because I don't really know um, their numbers away. But uh, I I wouldn't I, I just wouldn't touch them this week. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Alex, Minnesota at Houston. All right, let's see if I can do this right. <sighs> Good job. Good bravo, job. bravo. Thanks, thanks. Uh, on the road to Houston, uh, they don't have any really great options. I mean, I can point out that Ramirez had 14 points last week, but pretty sure you can just avoid Minnesota on this one. Okay, Mike, Toronto, hosting New York Red Bulls. Uh, normally, I think this would be a good matchup, but unless we can find out something more about Josie or Giovinco, if, if they're just kind of punting and resting, I, I don't think you can feel confident enough in any TFC players to know before the deadline that they're worth picking. Uh, I think your best options are in switcheroos. Um, I think Vasquez would be at the top of the list since he only didn't play last week because of a fever. He he's really the only person I would go with. Maybe a, a Toronto defender and a switcheroo, but I mean the bottom line is New York Red Bulls are motivated to to get points because they need them desperately to make sure they make the playoffs. Uh, because not making the playoffs would be a disaster for them. TFC don't care. So um, I, th this isn't a, a team that I would really look at for a whole lot of single game options. I think your best choices with them are as part of a switcheroo. And finally, Alex, wrap us all up with Columbus hosting DC United. Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, Sporting Kansas City. I like Columbus um, as a switcheroo option. They're home for DC. They're not playing midweek, and DC is. 
Um, Iguain had the hat-trick of assists last week. Um, I like too many other midfielders to use him in a switcheroo. Um, but Kamara has goals. Uh, I think he has seven goals in his last nine games. Um, and I don't really like that many forwards this week. So I could see, again, using him in a switcheroo with uh, Dwyer, Laren, one or the other. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for those uh, game breakdowns and those the suggestions. Now we're going to move into our player picks, starting with keepers. Jason. I think uh, my number one keeper is Derek, but I also have Cropper as well. Alex? Uh, I have Derek and Tarbell right now, but I also like Guzan. Oh, three keepers. And Mike? Uh, I have Tarbell and Cropper right now. Okay, defenders. Alex? Yeah, so I like uh, Yotun. Um, I like LGP. And I really don't have a third defender. I like I like Machado, but I think he's on yellow card warning. So uh, I guess watch out for that one. Uh, I have Jungworth right now, but not loving my third defender spot. That's fair. Mike? Yeah, I struggled a lot with defenders when I was picking my team. Um, I'll probably go with three defenders to start, but I have four to for, for my picks. Uh, I have Youngworth. I have uh, Gonzalez Perez. Uh, Yoshi. Uh, Yoshi Otun, and then Machado. And Jason. So right now I have um, Machado, Cabrera, uh, uh, De La Mia, Leonardo, and Simon. I'm pretty much loading up on who I think is going to be clean sheet and BP happy this week so I can try to reach um, reader Alex here with the uh, with your ridiculous budget. We do it. We can't. Uh, Mike, midfield. All right, I have uh, Ford midfield. Um, I have Sasha Kluschen, uh Piotti, Wynn, and Alex. Jay? So in my midfield, I have Wynn, Kleshton, Piotti, Jamali, and Alex as well. And Alex? Yeah, I have uh, Piotti, Alessandrini, Assad, uh, Alonso. And reluctantly, uh, Sasha question. <laughs> okay, you know you, you got it. That's part of fantasy. You got to give up those rivalries sometimes, and just be willing to go with it. Unfortunately, <laughs> but, but there are some things I think that Alex should uh, should insist on. Like you know, we talked about the Atlanta Stadium earlier. Alex, what would you rather have, Chick Fil A or a chicken bucket? Chicken bucket all day. I'm Chicken Bucket FC. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jason, forwards. So this one for me was probably the most difficult. I have right now BWP, Kai Kamara, and Torres. I really like Sapong this week as well, but I, I just think that um, you know with, with uh, New England and um, the Red Bulls fighting for that sixth seed and then Houston trying to you know, do what they can to try to regain ground, and get that six seed as well. I think that um, you know they're going to be fighting hard. And plus, Torres just has the first matchup at home against the Galaxy is just so juicy. And I think I think Mike brought it up earlier that that could just be you know that could be another five nil game, and then they play again at home against Minnesota United. So I, I really like uh, Torres's option um, to score a lot of goals this week. Alex. 
Yeah, so I have a Martinez, and then I have a switcheroo between Dwyer and still deciding on either Ola Kamara or uh, Severino from RSL, who's been uh, red hot. Mike? Uh, I have three right now. Um, I, I do like Sapong, like Jason said. Uh, I have uh, Cuba Torres for the reasons that uh, Jay mentioned. Uh, I also like Carol Aaron this week with the two home games. Uh, and then I have David Villa, which means you probably shouldn't have David Villa this week. <laughs> that's, that's how I think you and I work it. <laughs> okay, let's do uh, captains. Alex. Yeah, struggling for captain this week. Um, I have it on Piatti right now. Um, that's assuming Pirlo starts. Uh, if he doesn't, then uh, I may switch it off. Um, but I'll also take a look at the uh, expected goals chart to uh, help me pick my captain. Uh, Jason, captain. My captain pick this week is going to be Kubo Torres. And Mike. Uh, right now I have it on uh, Lee Wynn. Um, I, I think an exhausted Atlanta at home is a really uh, enticing opportunity for, for Wynn. So uh, I have it on him right now, but um, Sasha and uh, Piotti are, are also some people I'm considering. I actually have to take off here, guys. Uh-oh, well, Jason, clean sheet chance. Clean sheet chance, I think that uh, we have Houston, New England, and I really like uh, Montreal for one game. Alex? Uh, for clean sheets, don't really have any teams that stand out as great clean sheet opportunities. Um, maybe Atlanta against Philly, um, and maybe New Jersey against D.C., but uh, – yeah, that's really it in that first section of games. All right. And then in the second in the second section, maybe Houston against Minnesota. And Mike. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um I don't think there's a whole lot of great chances. Um the the only maybe I, I Atlanta uh, I think has a good chance, New Jersey. Uh I'll also throw Orlando uh, against Dallas since Dallas has kind of had some struggles. Um I'm also going to say look at um San Jose at home against Chicago without Schweinsteiger. Like I said, I think that might be one where you see Chicago rotate. I, I'm you know I can't guarantee it, but I I'm I'm, I'm interested in that one. Okay. Yeah, well, no, thank you so I'll much. Plug, I'll plug it oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just going to plug it again just you know if that expected goals article comes out, I, I definitely use that for clean sheets, um clean sheet hunting. That's uh that's my number one source. No. Good tip. Good tip. Well, thank you so much, guys, for all those player recommendations and those tips and insights. Uh, we like them a whole lot. Uh, Jason had a drop during our clean sheet section, so thank you so much, Jason, for coming out. Uh, getting ready to wrap up the show, going down to community time, my favorite part, the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer was by Soccer Dude, uh, who is manager of the team FC Nutmeggers, uh, who had 170 points. Nice score, man, nice. That's just a couple of points off. Of the, of the high overall score, so good job, good job. Moving down to the Patreon League, small changes right there. RJ Gage and Alex Bruni are still number one and number two, but Matthew Littman has moved back into third place. So uh, pretty sure RJ is going to run away with this. So RJ, you're going to get a scarf out of all this, uh, but I think Alex and Matthew, it may still be kind of close. So, so keep no, it going. He, he already clenched. Oh, did he? Yeah, he clinched. He, uh, he's up 13 points with four to go. So ah, well, congratulations, go. RJ. So, RJ, there we go. It's it's all there for you. But uh, Well, wait. Don't we have playoffs in that league? 
Uh, you know, I don't remember if we do. I think we do because I think we have. I'm I'm looking at it now, and it's last sixteen, and we have a a playoff match. The this next week is between you and me, Reed. In the Patreon League. In the Patreon League. Well, that's not the league I follow, Mike. You know the league I follow. <laughs> I know the and league. It's the, it's the next one where I'm, I'm gonna looking let forward you to talking about, about that, that first. The MLS <laughs> Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. Uh, not a lot of changes. A lot of people who needed to win won. A lot of people who were hoping to win didn't win, but they kept their positions. More importantly, uh, specifically in the game between myself and Mike, how'd that turn out? I, I thought it turned out fantastically well. <laughs> How about you, Reed? Uh, no, 112 to 133, Mike beat me. We've got to we've got to do this, Mike. We need an American win this year. Come on, come on. Uh, no, no, it was it was a, a good game. I had game. to get into Even the top 10. Guy. That's what I wanted. I had to at least pass Guy. That, That's I okay. needed to do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I said, uh, my switcheroo didn't work out, but I still think Mike would have gotten me. I think that would have gotten me maybe 130 overall. Good game with Mike, 112, 133. Uh, Mr. Guy Sanchez lost to Travis, uh, 71 to 124. Andrew Crawlard beat out Andrew Weeby. Very nice. Didn't quite double his score, uh, but 116 to 60. So good job there, Andrew Crawlard. Fantasy football 24-7 got the almost highest score in our league. I think it was the second overall, 149. Beat Ben Bear from MLS, so 131. That was a tight game until the very end. Um, our very own Jason beat Simon, 134-29. to 29, And then Blaine beat soccer captains, Tim Shaw, 148-124. to 124. And then the highest scores in the game came in this final round. It was uh, Phil with 143, who lost to Ivan from Fantasy Football First, 160 points. Well done, everybody. Great times, great times. Yes, the playoffs will be starting soon in our league. I think this is the last regular round before we have the three-round playoff, and that's going to be tough. I'm taking on Phil. Ivan from Fantasy Football First is taking on Blaine. Tim is taking on Jason. Simon is taking on Fantasy Football First. Uh, That'll be good. Ben from MLS is taking on Andrew Crawlard. Andrew Wiebe is taking on Guy Sanchez. I don't know who's going to win that game because both (laughs) of them are kind of taco-esque. So this is uh, the Battle of the Tacos in that one. And then Travis is taking on Mike right here. So that'll be, I actually used my hand and motioned to my monitor. This is pretty much radio, so that was useless. So there we go. <laughs> uh, it'll be good games and uh, lots to look forward to. Look forward to the playoffs for this. That's all that we have for the show today. Uh, Alex, anything you want to wrap up with? Um, no, just uh, thanks for having me on. Um, love the pod. Um, if you need to contact me. I'm usually on uh, the r slash fantasy MLS subreddit, um, chicken bucket FC. Um, and yeah, New York is blue. <laughs> Mike. Uh, yeah. Just uh, add MLS injury news. Uh, any of the injury news. I always appreciate the help. And uh, Jason will be manning the MLS fantasy Twitter account coming up this round. So be sure to check out and send all your questions to him when that is there. And of course for myself, I'll have a picks article coming up at MLS Fantasy Soccer this week. Travis will have a fantasy article coming out today if you're listening on Tuesday. Tomorrow, if you're listening on Wednesday, um, about uh, just some more of his stats. Happy to have Travis back after he's just recovered from everything that happened in Houston. Um, just just so happy that he's he's been okay. And uh, also check out r slash fantasy MLS 
and uh, just every fantasy thing that comes along at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Alex has already talked about the XG articles and, and everything, the charts. It's uh, been a great resource, great community that goes to the chat there. And so finally, everyone, good luck.